It's quite something, isn't it, to try to listen for particular words in a cacophony of sound? Makes you imagine what it was like on that very first day of Pentecost when the Spirit descended among the followers of Jesus and those that were gathered there with him, with them. It also reminds me of how challenging it is in our daily lives to keep focus and attention on that which we value in the cacophony of sound around us. Indeed, the gospel calls us to attention, and we have much that demands our attention swirling around us. How is it that we can keep focused? I have to tell you, as a kid, I loved going to my grandma's house. She lived several hours away, five hours away to be exact. There were all kinds of reasons that I loved being there, but two of the primary reasons were, one, we got to have sugar cereal. And second, she had a really big TV. It sat on the floor. It was so big, it sat on the floor. And it was in color. And it had more than three channels, because she had cable. And she was in a different time zone than us, so everything came on an hour earlier than what it did at our house. And at that time, you could only watch things as they came on the television. There was no other time to watch it, except for when it was on, right? So often at home, things would come on after my bedtime, which meant I didn't get to see it. But at Grandma's, we did, because it was an hour earlier, before bedtime. Now, there was no way to watch a movie at anybody's house. There was no way to play a movie. There was no way to get a movie. If you wanted to see a movie, you went to a movie theater. Sometimes there would be a movie on television, if whoever was in charge of televisions uh, decided to put one on there. And often it was filled with commercials, so it made the movie take longer, and sometimes they left out parts. So it was a treat at Grandma's house to listen to the album of Cinderella. The album of Cinderella. A big disc that went on the record player. It was the complete story of the movie of Cinderella. All of the sounds, all of the words, but all you could do is listen to it. And I loved listening to Cinderella. She's one of my princesses. I I resonate with her sometimes. You know, here she is. She's got all this work to do. There's a party that's going to be happening. She wants to go. The invitation comes, of course, to the whole kingdom that all of the maidens of the land are to come to the prince's house. And Cinderella understands that she's included in that invitation And so she says to her evil stepmother, can I go? And her evil stepmother says, you can go to the ball if you get your work done. I remember the flip of the voice, if you get your work done. Some days I feel like Cinderella. But what was so profound to me, even from the very early years of listening to that story, is you know You know as soon as the evil stepmother puts it that way, you know Cinderella's not going to get to go. The work is always there. The invitation is impossible for her if you get your work done. In our world, we often understand things contractually. And so I think about that as we read today's gospel, when Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he says, ask for whatever you want 
whatever you need and I will give it to you in my name. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I can't help but wonder if you, like I, am tempted to hear that in a contractual way, kind of like the evil stepmother. If you keep my commandments, I will give you whatever you ask in my name. That's how it can get tangled up in my head. But you see, God is not a contractual God. God does not make contracts with people. God is the God of the covenant. Covenant. A promise. A promise that God makes to us and we promise back. And that's it. That's how the relationship is established. It's only through a promise. It may be hard for you to imagine what a covenant really means because we don't have a lot of examples of it in our culture and society. One example we do have, though, is marriage. I tell people that. When they come forward to be married, I say, you know what? You are going to promise to him, and you are going to promise to her, and it's in the promise that you become married. That's it. It's only in the promise that this becomes anything. It's a covenant that you make between the two of you. You know, though, in order to get out of a covenant, you need a contract. The fine print, this there, that there, sign here. We are not familiar with covenant. We're more practiced in contract. So what does it mean for us that God is a God of covenant, a God of promise, who invites us to promise to him out of our love? In a little bit, we will baptize four fantastic little people. John, Pearson, Anna, and Vivian. And we will get to celebrate the promise that God makes to them because the promise God has made to us and we will promise back to God. It's a covenant. It's actually called that, the baptismal covenant. Paul speaks about it in his letter to the Romans. He says, look, we're children of God because God has promised that we are. And we promise back out of love. God has promised to us because of God's love for us. That's the only thing that's holding us together, is the promise made in love. God says to us, I will give you everything you need. You will never not have what you need. I will send to you the Holy Spirit so that you might remember that I always provide for your needs. And if there is anything you need, ask me. I'll give it to you. You, I know, will demonstrate your love for me in keeping my commandments. And here we are in this 14th chapter of John, and just a few words before it, Jesus gives them one commandment. Love one another. Love one another. Three words. It's easy to remember. Jesus asks his followers to remember this commandment. Love one another. If you can pr practice that commandment, God says, We'll be working in the same world. That's my world. Love for one another. That's the currency I use, love, and I have a lot of it to share. It multiplies in ways you cannot even fathom. Join me, God says. My promise to you and your promise to me, let us make life together. Our prayer, my friends, is that we might be overcome with this love enough to trust it 
to learn again and again that God loves us, promises to us a fullness of life, invites us to be co-creators with him in that, as we love one another. It can seem like an impossible task, but we are promised that we don't even have to fill it on our own. We will all say together, as we complete, as we respond in our baptismal covenant, we will with God's help. And God always completes the picture. All we do is live into the promise, the promise to love one another, in all that we do to learn to love one another. Amen.